Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Portal, the human design apps under the influence where we will be taking a look into the cosmic weather. The cosmic weather that, whether you believe it or not, we believe influences us. Subtly, yes, sometimes not so subtly. Everyone knows the feeling of a full moon. Everyone knows the unrelenting light that shines through the bedroom window that keeps you up, that prickles you with chills on your skin. Well, that is the energy we are going to be diving into today as it is November 7th and we will be looking at the transits for the next handful of days. Transits that include the kind of wrapping up of the other side of the cycle of the eclipses that are happening, that have happened, the first set this past spring, and now, currently, this last one that happened October 25th, and now we're moving right up against the edge of a full moon total lunar eclipse. Now, we're going to look at the archetypal themes here. And we will drift our way through the other planets as well. But right now we've got a demanding energy that is kind of push-pulling us back and forth between the archetypes of Taurus, the bull, the embodiment, the earth, the sense of self and, you know, belongings, material plane, things. And Scorpio, the underworld the abyss, the deep death, rebirth, transformation cycle that, of course, the Earth, the Taurian energy moves through, but they are opposite ends. They are polarities. They are opposite ends of the binary. And as you hear that, think frequency. Think of the Taurus archetype as a Thonian frequency. It's moist. It's dark slow. And then on the other side, think of the, you know, Scorpio archetype as more of a kind of, I don't want to say heavenly, but it's like heavenly with a Dionysian flair, right? It's the underworld. It's faster. It's wet fire. It's, you know, tectonic in its nature. And so it impacts the thoning. It It impacts the earth. And so we are being impacted. Our physical expression and how we choose to express in the physical is being influenced by the wet, dark, transformational Scorpio energy, which we could say is fiery water. Now, What am I talking about? Well, specifically, if you don't know, now you do, the sun is sitting in the constellation of Scorpio. It is Scorpio season. I'm sure you are aware of it. If you are listening to this, you can feel it right down to your very toes. There's no hiding anymore. And while there are still some planets in retrograde, there has been a lot of introspection, which is a very Scorpio-like quality. And so now we land in the arena of Scorpio, the sun shining its light into what is arguably some of the darkest depths, some of the most radical spaces, places of transformation, confrontation, should we choose to go there. And we've got the earth sitting in Taurus, right? The earth and sun are always opposite. Taurus and Scorpio are opposites. So you've got the earth sitting in the comforts of the earthly Taurus, and we've got the sun moving through the tectonic underworld of wet fire. And on November 8th, we have a full moon, a full moon in the Taurus ruled arena, 
right? Any full moon is going to sit opposite the sun. The moon reflects the light of the sun. And the eclipse is really kind of shadowing the earth, blocking out the moon's ability to reflect light. The earth kind of sliding in going, ah, ah, ah. And that's why we see the moon as blocked. Now, let's get into the juice here because really, while yes, it is Scorpio season and the sun is sitting in the gate one, the gate of individual self-expression, the creative creation for the sake of creation. It is primordial life force. It is Eros. It is the impulse for life, the gate one, right? The beginning. Now, Oftentimes in the I Ching, it's cited, which is the Chinese book of changes. It is cited that the gate two, the receptive, the unique direction of self, the individual direction, it is cited that this gate, this gate two, which is where the earth is sitting, actually comes before the gate one. And that the gate one, the creative impulse, serves the gate two, serves the gate of direction. So the direction is chosen first and then from there out pours creativity. Makes perfect sense to me. The gate two, the receptive or the individual direction is feminine. Okay. So again, let's go back to the archetypes that I, that we started with. It is thonian in its nature. It is wet. It is moist. It has no straight lines. Okay. It is almost like murky waters, but it's earth. It's moist. It's maybe a little bit, you know, swampy. Not in a bad way. Think about the richness of the culture of a swamp. There's a lot that can grow there. Okay, so we've got this gate two. And the earth perched in that gate two. And what's wild is that while the sun is in the gate of the creative, the gate one, the Scorpio world gate, right across from the sun, we have a kind of party happening, a pile up, an orgy, so to speak where the earth in the gate two is meeting not just the moon, not just the full moon where we're going to have the eclipse, but also the north node, right? We've been talking about the north node sitting in the gate two and how this kind of gives us this orientation. It says, hey, what are you receptive to? What are you taking in? What is influencing you? What are you seeing here? And as you see things, how are they contextualizing your life and your frequency? And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into frequency big time because these are G-Center gates and we are asked right now to change. We are being asked to change. We're going to get into it. But first, I really want to get clear on these archetypes. So we have an orgy of planets and they are playing. They are dancing. They are fucking, excuse my language, but that's what they're doing. The earth, the moon. The North Node, right? We've got the Earth. What is that? The arena on which the show is happening. We've got the moon, the gravity of the situation, the push-pull of our emotional resonance. What's up? What's down? What's up? What's down? The North Node, the direction we are being magnetized in, right? Where we are being called to. And then Uranus. Uranus has been sitting in the gate too for a hot second now. Uranus is the Promethean impulse, right? We talked about this in a, in a former episode. Go back and listen to them and you'll start to feel the storyline building. The Promethean impulse is, you know, the, the moment humans got fire, the god Prometheus saying, you know what? I want to see what happens if I bring fire down to humans. And the rest is history. It changed us forever. It changed our brains. It changed our digestion. It changed how we look and how we think and our awareness. So Uranus is the chain breaker. It's, it is sometimes the side tracker, but it is freedom in some ways. It can be freedom if we know how to hone the impulse. 
So right now we have this orgiastic expression, experience of the earth and the moon and the north node and Uranus all together sitting in the gate two, the gate of the receptive. So I want to look at this gate because with that many planets sitting there and the specific combination of planets, I mean, think about if we were going to paint this into a story, it might look like this kind of guy in earth mother connected with the ever-changing maiden of the moon, connected with this kind of magnetism of the north node, maybe we call the north node a magician. And then we have Uranus, this impulsive, electric, you know, um, um, let's call him a man, a, a male-bodied human. Maybe he's a bisexual man and we've got them all together and they are making a magic. Magic is terrifying. That's what they're doing. They're offering us alchemy. They're offering us orientation, a reorientation into the feminine. But the feminine does not exist without the masculine. You cannot have black without white. And so what I want us to perceive as we go forth into really what I, what I want to focus on is this all exists together. Everything exists together. And really what we are being drawn to focus on is a frequency. Okay, so let's look at this. The earth, the moon, Uranus, the north node, all sitting in the gate too. The gate two is the gate of individual direction, unique individual direction. It's a G-center gate. Now, if you are looking at the body graph, your human design body graph, the G-center is the diamond in the middle of the body graph. It is the center from which we derive our roles as humans. It is the center of the individual. It is the center of identity. It is the center of direction. It is the center of love. It is the center that reads the frequency of other humans. It is the center that, you know, processes the neutrino stream. It picks up on frequency. That is what it picks up on. It's home to the magnetic monopole. Okay, so when we have this conversation and we say feminine, masculine, oh, the gate two is more feminine and the gate one is more masculine. We're not saying they're different. We're saying they are a part of the same energy. They serve each other. They cannot exist without the other. And this is where really getting on the wave of frequency that can see that is how we orient. It's how we contextualize. It's how things start to make sense. Okay. So what we're looking at here, if we boil that all down, if we distill it down, is our perception. Okay. How are we perceiving? How are we perceiving life? How are we perceiving what's happening to us? How are we perceiving what something feels like? Perception either orients us or disorients us. And where perception comes from in this specific story today, now, in November 2022, is the individual. The earth and the sun in the gates one and two, respect, uh, excuse me, two and one respectively, are both G-center gates, identity, love, and direction. They are also individual gates. And if you go back a couple episodes, we kind of break down the circuitry of human design. Is it individual? Is it collective? Is it tribal? You know, is it integration? What is it? Is it centering? Integration and centering really serve individual. And while we have been push-pulling really in the last handful of weeks between this kind of like individual and tribal, which are kind of diametrically opposed, the individual doesn't last very long in the tribe because the individual is mutative and the tribe says, no, 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 no. We follow the laws. We follow the rules. We honor and obey. There's no room for mutation. You either follow the, the rules or you do not stay. 
the individual is that that energy of the individual is mutative it is it exists for the creative impulse it wants to just create in its own unique way it doesn't care about collective competition it doesn't care about the rules of the tribe it has this hunger this thirst for mutation for creation and true creation is unique it, it's not um you know a recreation it is unique it is first time it is it is fresh it is in some ways a little bit chaotic, right? We've never seen it before. We don't even know how to orient to it. Right now, the sun, the earth, the moon, the north node, the south node, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, and Uranus, and Pluto <laughs> are all in individual mutative gates. How you can perceive this on an archetypal energetic level is, hey, it's time for mutation. It's time to change. All of that stuckness, all of that stagnation, all of those rules and traditions, yeah, they still exist. And we are under the influence of such an individual wave right now. Even really the 25 could be considered, you know, individual in its nature. We are under such an individual mutation right now that most of us are probably going to feel newness emerging. This kind of, oh, you mean I can be like this? Yeah, you can. And that's what we're starting to feel, right? One, who is your authority? Are you your authority or is someone else your authority? Is some thought process your authority? Is some tradition your authority? Who is your authority? That's what we're being asked. Scorpio loves that question. And really, Taurus does too. The bull is stubborn. Who is your authority? Are you or are people's opinions? Are you or are people's perceived judgments of you? That's number one. Who is your authority? What is your authority? And number two, what is your perception? Where is your perception being born from? That's what this gate two is pulling us to look at. Okay. Now, because that gate two lives in the G center and the G center is identity, love, and direction, I want to introduce, you know, a quote that we all know from Anise Nin, and it is, we see things as we are, not as they are. Okay. We see things as we are, not as they are. And that to me is the perfect encapsulation of what is happening right now with the earth and the moon and Uranus and the North Node sitting in the gate too. We're going, holy shit, I see the world as I am. The frequency I hold is the frequency that I filter everything around me through. If I, as an individual, attach to some kind of story that's low frequency, that keeps me stuck, that keeps me victim, that keeps me in a state of chaos, in a state of disorientation and disjointedness from the whole, I'm going to stay stuck in a frequency that only births likeness. We see things as we are, not as they are. It's why, yes, we are all living in the same matrix. We are, I think. But we all see things differently because we are all experiencing a different frequency. This is why some people you feel drawn to. They're part of your fractal. They're resonating. They are, they are on the same frequency as you. And so they, the, their frequency resonates, right? Sometimes, you know, you walk by a restaurant, you walk by a bookstore, you walk by a human and you feel a pull toward them. You feel a comfort. You feel a... <sighs> kind of relaxing into, that is because most likely those frequencies are similar to yours. They confirm your story. They confirm your frequency. And so right now we are being asked very clearly and reverently, and yes, it's uncomfortable, what is your goddamn frequency? <laughs> and if you don't know, stop whatever you're doing, pause this recording and feel into the energy that you sit in most of the time. 
Is it self-doubt? Is it worry? Is it joy? Is it gratitude? Is it trust? Is it fear? Really the driver of all of the frequencies is fear, love. And this is not some kind of fluffy, soft love. This is tough fucking love. This is real love. What is your frequency? Because whatever that frequency is, is going to drive how you perceive the world. Okay. And so right now, what we are able to do is get a really sober feel for our frequency. Can you, you know, trust that whatever you're met with, and again, I'm going to say it because it's, it's worth saying, if you're sitting somewhere comfortable right now, like I am, standing in my kitchen, fire's going behind me, you know, sun's flinging rainbows through my little crystals, it's sunrise, I'm sipping my coffee, my kitties are chilling, everything, as far as I know, is good with everybody I love, they're healthy, they're growing, great. Really easy place to be like, what's my frequency? Oh, it's good. It's love. It's trust. But then the moment that the wrench gets thrown into the system and things start not feeling so easy, what is your frequency? Do you feel the choice of how you respond to life? Can you, me, can we hold the frequency of trust, which is a frequency that is very well oriented. And that is what the gate two is doing. It's like, look, if you're receptive to the energy of the whole, you can see why even the things that really feel shitty, that really feel uncomfortable, that really rock you, you can see why they are happening and you can trust them. You can trust them. You can choose to trust them. And this is what brings us right into the axis of Scorpio Taurus. Scorpio goes, yeah, that death, that discomfort, that underworld adventure that you've got to take. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to die. So whatever, do it. Throw yourself in. Let your perception die. Let your old perception that keeps you stuck in a fear frequency die. Put it to bed. And then resurrect a perception born from a frequency of trust. Because that's what we're learning right now. We're learning that we cannot control things. Right? In the last two, two and a half years, that's what we've learned. Oh, you think you have control? <laughs> oh, you think there's something called certainty? <laughs> right? It's kind of dark. But darkness and light are one and the same. We cannot have light without dark and vice versa. And that's a frequency thing. If you can perceive that, if you can perceive the darkness and light exist as one together in relationship, then you can persist, you can perceive, excuse me, the third party that exists, which is the whole, which is the need for both, which is the relationship too. And you can go, yeah, wow, okay, the darkness is really uncomfortable, but when when it happens, I know I can trust that there will be light as well. I can trust that we will move from darkness to light. Just like you can trust that every wave crashes. Every wave moves from a climax into a trough. Every season moves from summer to winter. It just happens. It's the rhythm. And when we can orient ourselves to that rhythm, when we can perceive things as perfect the way that they are, then we start to as Richard Rudd speaks to you in the first gate, the gate of the creative, which is where the sun sits, we can start to see how entropy, entropy, 
which if you remember is the second law of thermodynamics, which looks at energy in a system. So we can start to see how entropy, which is really a measure of disorder, right? It's, 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 it's messiness. It's, Hey, everything is moving toward disorder. Everything's moving toward chaos. Everything's moving toward complication. That's the way it's always trending. We can start to see how entropy is actually not bad. How chaos is actually not bad. It's just newness that we've not yet perceived order the three in, right? One plus one equals two. Sure. But Two, we could say, is kind of illusory because two speaks to a relationship between one and one. And that relationship between one and one is three. Think about it for a moment. Feel into it. If things are getting more and more complicated all the time, but they work out, is complication bad? No. When you are learning something new, everything seems complicated. And then all of a sudden, spontaneous download. You get it. Your brain sees the order in the chaos and you go, ah, I can trust that now. Well, what would happen if before we saw the order, we trusted the chaos? What would happen if before we saw the order, we trusted the chaos? Well, we would trust entropy. We would trust disorder to be beautiful. We would trust it to be beautiful because we were so well-oriented, receptive, gate two, that our perception would be trust rather than fear, mistrust. Listen to that section again. Listen to that section again. And as you listen to it, perceive yourself zoomed out, watching big picture, watching bird's eye view, you know, very six line on the roof, watching it, objective observer. If you are God, if you are the gods, if you are source and you are creating constantly and you are zoomed out and you are watching this, then when one of the creations goes into disorder, you know it is temporary. When one of the creations goes into darkness, you know it is temporary and you know it is a catalyst, a stepping stone for light for order, for beauty, because you see the big picture. But that requires a frequency of trust. And that is what we're being asked to do, is to orient ourselves so well to the interconnectedness, to the ripple effects, that we can truly see what's happening. And when I say truly see, I don't necessarily mean make logical order out of. I mean trust. We can see. We can, we can ride the waves of the frequency of trust and see that it's all perfect. Okay. And this is the choice. Now, if you're going, Alyssa, okay, cool, but how do I change my frequency? Well, you repattern. You reorient yourself. You look at things from different perspectives. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy or, or that it's going to happen overnight or that it's going to be straightforward. But if we trust that as we reorient and as we hold a frequency that feels like, oh, I am home right now. Yes, I am feeling trust. I'm feeling love. I keep flipping the switch back over to it. If we just keep doing that and keep repatterning and keep moving toward understanding, then our frequency changes. And over time, we begin to become clear on because we feel it in our own life and our own life reflects everything else, right? Microcosm reflects the macrocosm as below, so above, as above, so below. What we begin to see truly is not just that from dark light emerges, but that neither is better. Right? When you hear that, oh, from darkness, light emerges. You're like, oh, yes, and thank God for the light. I mean, I do it. I'm projecting onto you that you do it because we like the comfort. But have you ever sat in comfort long enough? What do you start to do? You start to feel stagnant and stuck and you look for a problem. 
because it's time for growth. <laughs> we need both. And so can you hear that from the dark, the light emerges? Can you hear that without moralizing or choosing that light is better than dark? That's the frequency of trust. And it's a frequency that collectively we are moving into, but it's a frequency right now that we are getting pulled into, coaxed into, seduced into through the individual creative impulse, which is deeply melancholic and also hopeful. So if we are in a frequency of trust and love, then we can feel, see, smell, sense, taste that neither light nor dark is better. And we can integrate that into our worldview, right? We can integrate that into our worldview and that's tough love. That's tough love because it's, it's a love that is devoted to the whole that says, wow, that's really shitty. And that really sucks that that just happened. And it does not feel good in my body. And I'm still going to try to trust that as I integrate all the parts, just as the mother would love her misbehaving child fiercely, even though she saw the child misbehaving, right? Because she'd be able to perceive the misbehavior, the poor behavior as a part of the child, as a part of the child's self-expression that was coming from a quote unquote low frequency. It was coming from a disorientation. If I scream and I cry and I throw myself on the ground, I will get what I need because my mom will see that I'm not okay. But the child's confused. And it perceives its lack of getting its needs met as what? Fear, death. No, I can't do this. This doesn't feel good. Let me self-express the gate one. But it's disoriented, the gate two. It's not receptive to the fact that maybe all it needed to do was ask. And it maybe doesn't even have the tools for that yet. But the mother would understand that. And the mother would still fiercely love the child. Because she could see hey, this is the best it can do right now. It doesn't actually know how to get its needs met. And so you can see how the Mother Earth and the Maiden Moon ever-changing and the North Node, the direction we are heading into, the lessons we need to learn, and Uranus, the impulse for freedom. As they are sitting all together, there's alchemy happening in the orgiastic dance that they are going through, that they are experiencing. How are we oriented? What is the frequency we are holding? What is the frequency we are holding? Why is that question so important? Because we see things as we are, not as they are. And so if our G center is on a frequency that's like meh, 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 that's how we're going to see the world. And we don't want to demonize that because it's part of the whole. But does it feel healthy? Does it feel enlivening? Does it feel empowering? Probably not. Okay. Now, you get it. <laughs> you get it. You get it. There's a lot of energy for breaking free for breaking free from a personal frequency that keeps us lost and dizzy and confused and ashamed and shameful. We're not here to sit in that frequency. When we feel shame as humans, we get so stuck and we get dizzied and we get dislocated. We do not have time for that right now. And that is what the energies of these planets sitting in the gate two of the receptive are telling us, Hey, start over reorient yourself, shift your frequency, change your perception, change your perspective, and then watch what happens from there. Now, meanwhile, we've got Mercury, the planet of communication of intellect, the messenger, also sitting in the gate one. Okay, the gate one, as a reminder, Scorpio ruled gate, depths, wet fire, self-expression creative self-expression, unique self-expression. So your literal thought process and how you verbalize it, how you express it might feel really empowered to be unique right now. And I want you to let that imprint on you. And also notice the frequency from which it is coming. Now, as we move through the week, Mercury is going to transit into the gate 43. 
the gate 43 is an Ajna gate. It's about epiphany and insight. But it is also individual, and therefore it doesn't get its answers by thinking or following a formula. It gets its answers by going into kind of an autopilot state. You're walking, you're in the shower, you're doing your thing, you're cooking, you're you know building something, whatever your autopilot is where you know you are just flowing and you're in this kind of dynamic feeling where you feel the energy of the earth and you are not thinking. <laughs> and all of a sudden, plop, the epiphany strikes. The download happens. Now, the nodes were sitting here in the spring. Okay, this gate, the gate 43, is part of a channel that we call the channel of structuring. It's about being able to split things apart and really see them for their kind of raw elements and then explain them from there. And usually the, you know, kind of understanding comes from these acoustic downloads, these epiphanies that just kind of throw themselves into your awareness when you're not trying. They come from the moments where you are just in awareness and you're not trying to force thinking. So right now is a really good time to not try to force your understanding. It's a great time to make space for walks and yoga and breathing and, you know, whatever you do, playing chess, uh, you know, playing cards, whatever you do that kind of shuts your mind off, a physical activity, painting, drawing, whatever your thing is, gardening, whatever you do that shuts your mind off and allows you to become receptive to information that is not forced, just receptive. And then you see what lands in your awareness. And this channel of structuring, it's actually also referred to as genius or freak. And you know what the difference is between the genius and the freak? Right timing. Right timing. It's all about right timing. So especially as Mars, which just went retrograde a couple days ago, October 30th, I believe, and will stay retrograde until January 12th of 2023. So what, about three months? As Mars go, is sitting retrograde, watch your introspective process. Right now, Mars is also in an individual gate. It's in the gate 12, the gate of caution or standstill. This is a toggle switch. Do I feel like being open or not? Do I feel like communicating or not? Do I feel caution or do I feel abandoned? Am I in a pause or am I in a play? Am I feeling happy, joyful, hopeful, or sad, melancholic? And so as Mars, the planet of kind of energy dynamics and mutation, passion, sexuality, the warrior is moving backwards. It's pulling us in. It's pulling us into ourselves. So as Mars is sitting retrograde, it is a phenomenal time to support that frequency change, okay? To take that intensity, that passion and go within and use that passionate conviction to solidify, again, from within, as above, so below, as within, so without, to solidify the areas of your life, whatever they may be, that need refinement. Take that warrior energy and let it go within to refine. You know, and you can you can see where Mars is transiting through. If you look at your natal chart, if you look at your um, you know astrological natal chart with a transit overlay, you'll be able to see where Mars is retrograding through. And based on that arena, based on that house, you can see, oh, is it, is Mars moving through my first house? Am I a Gemini rising? The house of self? Am I really coming into my own in how I perceive myself? Is it moving through my house of relationships? Am I a Sagittarius rising? my seventh house and is it am I kind of reformulating how I relate to others from within and so again this is a really good time to watch what you say to watch your reactivity to watch what comes up to watch what you get clear on 
and do the work. Do the work and have fun with it. Let yourself enjoy it. You know, you might feel some flip-flopping, some oscillating, right? What is Gemini? It's the twins. We've got one twin kind of sent in there outwardly like, yeah, I'm not affected by this. It's all good, whatever. And you got the other twin crying in the corner. And that's okay. It's perfect. You're going to get to really feel things, get clear on things, and don't get reactive. Go within, slow down, get clear, repattern. And that way, come January, you will emerge more confident, more grounded into your own process, into your own experience. Now we've got Venus. Standards, values, embodiment of those values, aesthetic, the, the more the feminine to the masculine Mars moving through the gate 43, which we just talked about because Mercury by the end of the week will be transiting there. So the gate 43, breakthrough, insight, epiphany. It's a beautiful gate. And when Venus is sitting there, what we want to really look for is this kind of are we, are we stuck in a worried state? Like, am I worrying? And again, it goes back to the same freaking thing we talked about earlier. What is my frequency? If you are in a frequency of worry, you know how that feels. Does that feel good for you? It doesn't. Are you worried? Are you stuck? Are you trying to force something? Or can you trust can you move into that frequency of love that allows, that is receptive? And in allowing, you get these downloads. You get these depths of individual insight. Can you embody that? Okay, so again, Venus is in Scorpio, right? That gate 43, the Scorpio ruled the gate. And by the end of the week, it will be shifting into the gate 14, power skills. The gate 14 sits in the sacral center and it's about opening into the bounty of, again, another individual gate of the individual. The bounty of staying true to your gifts and your talents and not compromising on them. You know, and again, how you orient to that is you follow your strategy and authority. And let me just make this really simple. You can follow your strategy and authority reverently. You will naturally shift your frequency into a frequency that is the most healthy, the most expansive, the most trusting. Because you will take the mind out of decision making. And if you can take the mind out of decision making, you just relieved it of having a job that it hates having, which is why it's noisy, why it's worried, why it's fearful. Think about if someone gave you a job you were not equipped to do, you'd be like, what the hell? I don't know how to do this job. What should I do? Oh my God, I don't know. That's how the mind feels when we try to let it make decisions. Take decision-making back and very organically, you will move into a frequency that is far more healthy for you. And you'll feel it immediately. So how do you not compromise when Venus moves into the gate 14? It's not about being stubborn. It's about going, you know what? My sacral, for 70% of you who have a defined sacral, said, uh-uh, it said no to this. I felt a contraction. So I'm not going to compromise by overriding my sacral. Because I feel like I should do something from my conditioning. Yes, it is that simple. And it is always that simple. So when you start to feel dizzied, reorient yourself by returning to strategy and authority. Am I following my strategy? Am I using my inner authority when a decision comes up? If your answer is yes and yes, you're good to go. You're flowing. You're in it. And you know it because you feel it. And you show it. Not because you copy symptoms of it, but because it flows through you and you feel like that. Inner is reflected by the outer. Beauty is truth. And we're conditioned to think of beauty as a certain way. And that is up for sure. The sun is in the gate one. The gate of the creative. You know, in Richard Rudd's Gene Keys, he talks about beauty, freshness, 
we are conditioned to think certain things are beautiful, but we all have an innate sense of beauty. And so as you follow your strategy and authority and you return to the frequency of trust and love, notice what beauty is for you. Okay, we've got Saturn. Saturn is in the gate 13. It is still sitting in Aquarius and will be for a hot second. And as Saturn sits in the gate 13, which, you know, we've... <laughs> this point we are very familiar with Saturn moving through Aquarius as it's been about two years. Um, the gate 13 is the gate of the listener. It's fellowship with man. And this is it Saturn's kind of last pass before it moves into the gate 49 and then into the gate 30, all Aquarian gates, and then eventually into the gate 55 into Pisces. So as Saturn does this kind of last pass through the Aquarian gates of the I Ching, you can really ask yourself, where am I at? Where am I at in my process of really understanding, really hearing, really being able to reflect on the past and stories? Am I seeing where things in relationship have gone wrong, have gone awry? And instead of being mad at myself for fucking up or not seeing something or not listening to a red flag or not setting a boundary, can I integrate what I've learned and can I start to use more discernment? Not from a place of being cold, not the Aquarian kind of low frequency of just cold, but from a place of intelligence. And can I be empathetic? Can I say, you know what? I get why you had that reaction. I get why you got triggered. I get why I got triggered. Hell, I get it. And I am still going to be discerning enough to set the boundary. Love. That is love. That is tough love. And as Saturn finishes up its tryst through the gate 13, it is going to ask us all, did you learn? <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you learn? Did you learn about empathy? About real empathy? That can set boundaries? Yes? Okay. Then we've got Neptune and Pluto, which I believe are the only two that I have not covered. Jupiter as well. Still sitting in those same gates. So Jupiter is transiting through the gate 25. That's the gate we talked about in depth a couple weeks ago. The gate 25 is a G-center gate. It is all about acceptance. Can you open or will you close? Are you going to accept it for what it is and therefore be able to actually experience it? probably pushing you towards some kind of transcendent transformation, or are you going to constrict around it and not allow yourself to open to it? Neptune, the veil, illusion, dreams, is still moving through the gate 36, the gate of crisis, which again, as a reminder here, Crisis is a part of the cycle, but it is not the whole cycle. And what happens when we move through crises? We usually come through the other side entirely changed, but more mature, more understanding. We come through with more emotional intelligence, with more compassion. We go, oh yeah, wow, I can see that person struggling. I've been there. I've struggled like that. I get it. And Pluto, Pluto is still sitting in the gate 61, the gate of inner truth, also called mystery. I like inner truth better, the I Ching name. Sorry for those of you who don't. I do. Um, why? Because it's a head center gate. It's here to interface with the divine. And... Often the divine speaks to the most inner parts of us in my experience, right? It kind of gives us that inner truth that makes no logical sense whatsoever. And yet you can feel the resonance of the truth. And yes, it is a mystery at how we arrived at that truth, but it lands. So I like to perceive the gate 61 through inner truth. So yeah, yes, Pluto sitting there. Yes, we are going in. Yes, we are being lured toward truths 
that come from within. Again, individual gate that mutate us, that change us. And that is beautiful as long as we allow it to be. As long as we get on the frequency of trust and go, okay, we're riding it out. Okay, so that's what things are looking like, feeling like. Are you feeling this? And can you take some time to really check in with yourself and go, what's my frequency? Where am I at? How is it getting reflected back to me? And that's one of the easiest ways you can actually feel into what your frequency is. And remember, don't moralize it. (laughs) If you have a quote unquote bad frequency, it's all good. Just shift it. How? Follow your strategy and authority. Okay. Get a reading. Tune into your variables. Start learning how to nourish yourself for your brain. Start learning how to use your environment. Get yourself in the right environment. Get yourself following that strategy and authority so your awareness can Your awareness that you're feeding well and moving with and using well can be. And your body can be in alignment. Your body can follow its strategy, follow its inner authority, get clear on body feedback, tune into the impulses, start to engage with the emotional awareness and, you know, kind of ability to feel beyond the tangible, which we are all being introduced to. If we're not already, it's coming. Okay, so enjoy this. What a time to be alive. My goodness. (sighs) If you haven't already, let's take a deep breath in through the nose. Out through the mouth. Do like three of those. Maybe 30. (laughs) But do at least three where you pull that beautiful air in and then just. (sighs) And let the information integrate. It's all information. Cheers. Thank you for your trust. Happy full moon. Enjoy.